Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. If you want to listen live, all you have to do is download the iHeartRadio app and search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Also, if you want to catch this show on video, be sure to check out Zumo TV, channel 719. That's where you can find SportsGrid's Fantasy Sports Network. Enjoy the show, and thanks so much for listening. Hello, everybody, and welcome into the free kick. It's our first show back, first return since Bundesliga is back. La Liga is coming back, Premier League coming back, hopefully, and Serie A as well. So all the top leagues coming back. We know Ligue 1 obviously ended their season and PSG were champions. They didn't need to end their season for us to know that. I think that was probably obvious since probably this time last year as well. Obviously, you could tell that Chelsea Cabarcus and Gio Cozzolino are not with us considering all the issues going on with COVID-19. We have Davis Maddock of SportsGrid in with us for today. Davis, how are you doing? Doing doing great. So, so excited to have soccer back on my TV. Uh, you know, hopefully uh, soccer DFS is going to continue to go pretty well. Soccer betting like it is. It's just so great to have a live sport that's back uh, that I care about. Because, you know, I, I don't really care about uh, about NASCAR, uh, UFC, you know, like it's just like great. I, it's fun that this is on. I guess the match was was fun to wager on. But this is real sport, real professional athletes, you know, playing at uh, in, in the top flight at the top level. And it is it's awesome to have it back on uh, on our TVs. Yeah, I kind of didn't really want to watch the match. I've been so sick of Tom Brady being on my TV on Sundays every single day of pretty much my whole life. I'm only 25 and a Jets fan, so you could understand where I'm coming from with this. So uh, I know you're you're in better shape because you're you're a Chiefs fan and uh, you you've been blessed. Fortunately, I know most Jets. Fans you you missed out this. though. Brady was he was terrible, man. He he was he was he hit one good shot, but that was literally it. He was he was terrible. He was worse than a guy you'd see out on your course on a, on a Saturday afternoon. <laughs> of course, but it's also so great to have someone else on the network besides myself who loves NFL football and this version of European football as well. So I mean, let's get into it, right? Bundesliga has been back. I, I know you talked about it on your show on what an avid fan you are of just the league and the sport itself. Um, look, we had a major week now coming off. This was the third match day that we've had since the league has returned. Bayern and Dortmund was the headliner match, right? This was technically Dortmund's fighters chance to go and take down Bayern for the first time of a different winner since 2012 this is just Bayern Munich and Borussia Dortmund dominated last decade and it's transitioning to that now Bayern gets the win look Dortmund wasn't healthy enough Marco Royce was injured we know Jaden Sancho wasn't fully fit for this Gio Reyna the American our boy wasn't fully fit either he's just 17 look Bayern wins again uh, what did you think of the match? Did you enjoy it? Did you like the fake noise going on uh, by FS1 that they incorporated? So I uh, so the first match I watched with the fake noise was the RB Leipzig Mainz game, and it was really distracting in that game. I I thought uh, like I I actually just muted my TV in that game because it was like louder than the commentators. So it was just sort of a situation where all you were hearing was this fake noise. You couldn't really hear the commentators talking, and, and maybe if you were not aware that there were no fans there. You know, maybe it wouldn't have been that distracting, but because you know it's it's actually artificial noise, like it, it's not actually real noise. It just uh, it just does become sort of distracting. So I was a little bit more used to it for the Dortmund game. I I was bothered less by it. I actually 
I found soccer sort of because of Dortmund. Um, if you if you remember, this might this might be before your time, but uh, they were in FIFA 14, the fastest team in the game. That was back when, yeah. So that was back when they when Aubameyang was still on the team. That was back when Royce, uh, you know, kind of before his consistent muscle problems. Um, Lucas Piszczek was still young. Smelzer was still young. They were a really young, fast team, and uh, they were fun to play with in career mode. And then that same year, DraftKings added Soccer DFS as a product on their website, and um, that just like the, those two things of having soccer DFS to play and having this really fun team to use with on FIFA, like just kind of coalesced into finding soccer. So I, I was very hopeful that uh, this game would be a Dortmund win. And they actually started out better than I thought. I thought they would really invite a ton of pressure. And that's not what happened in the first half. They played pretty well, right? Like I, I think they, maybe they didn't play a plus, but they played pretty well. And at the end of the match, you know, the numbers are, are pretty consistent here. 51 to 49% possession, 85 to 87% pass uh, success rate. Uh, Dortmund completed way more dribbles than, uh, than Bayern Munich did. It's just, uh, they have more individually brilliant players. You know, Kimmich is Joshua Kimmich is probably better than any player that's on Dortmund. So I was disappointed in the result but you can't really be surprised when a team that is as great as uh, as Bayern Munich, you know, wins the games they have to win. Yeah, and I mean, look, this is kind of what happened because there's limited opportunities a lot of the time in this sport because it's a one sc one score game. Often, it's not like the NBA where you get a lot of high volume. You're able to make up for it on offense with runs. And this, if you're not make taking advantage of your chances, kind of. You could see Erling Holland was struggling a lot through this game because he wasn't getting yeah. the necessary angles that he wanted. I think that's where the Jaden Sancho injury and him not playing affected him. I thought it was a mistake to play him the full 90 minutes over the weekend prior to this game. If, if Dortmund really wanted a shot to win this title and really wanted to give their best chance against Bayern at home, they would have rested him or taken him out around the 65th or 70th minute because they pretty much had that game on lock prior to pick up the three points. And now they really have RB Leipzig drip, uh, breathing down their neck at this point because they're only one point behind them in the standings. And this really affects them in the sense that you don't get a better seating when you place third opposed to second when it comes to Champions League. And then that affects further things down the line in the future. What kind of group you draw? Is it more difficult to advance? Because they were in the group of death this year, if you remember in the Champions League. They had Barcelona, they had Inter Milan in it. Um, so, I mean, they, they just got out because they had some, a great victory against Inter, who's my team's rival. Um, so, I mean, it was, it was great to see this matchup like that. And, you know, it's so great to, to have a match like this early on before all other sports return. So you get people invested right. in the sport. Because I was always telling people, everyone jumps in when it's the World Cup. Everyone is in during summertime. They're ready for the USA to play or whatever country or heritage your, your family has. You kind of attract yourself to that country, like a lot of Italian-Americans over here or wherever country you're from. But but now you finally get a full view of what the league is really like. And every single week is the playoffs, Davis. So uh, yeah. basically now the season is over. I mean, seven-point lead for Bayern. I, I don't really see anything else happening um, from that point. But we could move on to a game that uh, wasn't too kind to either of us in terms of betting with Wolfsburg and Leverkusen. Look, Leverkusen here, I had a money line. I had them uh, covering, I think they only had half a goal 
um, advantage on the spread here. So I thought, you know what? Hey, if they win money line, they're probably going to win by a goal as well. Just double down on the bet and uh, didn't go that way. Yeah, no, uh, it didn't. And I think this is actually something that we are going to see a ton of in these leagues where, you know, they're coming off. These guys have not put in a scrimmage. They really, they, I mean, they practice with their teammates. And, um, you know, a lot of these guys are in amazing physical shape anyways because they're professional athletes. But in terms of soccer shape, um, a lot of them are very likely going to be in not 100% peak condition. And uh, they're playing a ton of games in a short time frame. You know, pretty much uh, these guys are going to average one full 90-minute game every four days. Maybe running for 90 minutes doesn't sound like that much to you guys. But uh, as far as as far as soccer goes, like the intensity level, like it's really, really intense. You, 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 it's not something really that we can compare to. So we're going to see results like this where good teams just don't have it and at halftime pretty much they're waving the white flag so in this game that we were referring to the wolfsburg leverkusen game they're losing 2-0 at halftime uh and their head coach is just like you know what we'll, we'll, we'll get him another day and he subs out four of his starters at halftime and then throws the backups in and at that point they're pretty much treating it like a training exercise and that's going to be very frustrating for betting because you're not really going to be able to predict when that's going to happen that's going to be super frustrating for dfs you know uh, guys like kareem demirbai who is you know one of the best dfs producers in this league because of his role on set pieces and penalty kicks you know he was worthless in that slate he gets subbed off at 40 minutes after doing absolutely nothing so definitely something to to keep in mind when wagering on these games is you know just there's probably a little bit more value value than usual on the underdogs because overall these games are just going to be super volatile yeah and you mentioned the four substitutes usually it's just three substitutes guys for games yeah. if you're new relatively new to the sport uefa allowed five substitutes per team in this simply because all the muscular injuries that pot potentially can pop up you mentioned exhibition matches weren't played prior to this break. And another point that I like to make to a lot of people is as well, the offseason for this sport isn't as long as some people would like to think. The season usually ends around this time of the season. Uh, it's time of the calendar year. And then you get most of June off, depending if there's an international tournament or not, depending on your club. If you have a lot of international players, they'll go and play. But Euros and Copa America were canceled this year. Um, but they really don't get that much rest. They really come back uh, late June, early July at times, and they start the training from there, and then the leagues start in August. It was kind of a similar sort of break in, in terms of length now, and, and when you couple in the fact that you don't have exhibition matches, there's going to be a lot more substitutes. So how, it doesn't make it more difficult for you when you're making these DFS lineups because you don't know who is staying in that long for a full 90 minutes, or are you just trying to get whoever can produce the most and it doesn't really matter if they play the full 90 minutes. So it's super difficult because especially for showdown, which is actually where um, a ton of the contests and action are going to be on DraftKings and FanDuel, the single game slates. Cause it seems like what's going to happen when the EPL returns is instead of having all the matches on at the same time, they, uh, they just want to have, they want to have as much of the TV audience in the world as possible. So what they're doing is they're going to start games at, you know, nine o'clock in the morning um, in America. And then it's just going to be on all day. There's going to be game after game after game. And uh, for showdown, just getting full 90 minutes is like probably the number one thing that you should aim for um, because like, like you're just, 
even com- even passes uh, passes completed crosses shots assisted like two points in showdown can be the difference between you know cashing everything and losing everything and it's going to be super super frustrating with five substitutes in the EPL to be playing these like we are definitely going to see you know $50,000 swing one way or the other at the top of these really large field GVPs you know just as a result of an early substitute basically like it's just going to be one of those situations yeah so really quick before we get out of here for the segment um so when you have a team like Bayern now they essentially pretty much clinch the league and they have a lot of guys that are valuable in DFS. Obviously, there's Serge Gnabry. Robert Lewandowski speaks for himself, right? Um, would you not, or are you more inclined not to start these guys potentially because they might want to rest them if the Champions League starts up again? Or, or like, you know, maybe they want some rest so they don't uh, pull any muscles uh, to sit out further games and then they miss those tournaments? Um, I would imagine that once Bayern gets things pretty well wrapped up and this win against Dortmund, uh, you know, does gets pretty close to that. Like I would imagine they start turning things over to some of the Academy kids, you know, maybe, maybe playing guys, you know, out of position and stuff like that. Like, I, I think, uh, that is definitely something that I could see happening. Yeah. But we'll talk more about Bundesliga and DFS when we come back here on the free kick. DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build an optimized lineup for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the free kick. Martino Puccio, Davis Maddock filling in today for Chelsea Kabarkis. Soccer is back, obviously, and football, as they call it over in Europe, Calcio, depending on whatever country you are a fan of, La Liga's coming back, Davis. And June 11th is a slated return date for the famous league that has Barcelona, Atletico Madrid, Real Madrid, of course, some of the most legendary and biggest clubs in the world. Um, look, there is nothing better than this, and there is nothing better than a really tight race to finish out the season. Real Madrid, Barcelona. We know Barcelona is more so league dominant this, these days, domestically winning uh, the league almost every single year, it seems like, whereas Real Madrid are just always hoisting the Champions League trophy. They have almost more than double the second place team in terms of Champions League trophies. They have 13. Second, the team with the second most Champions League has seven. So it's a sizable gap within that. Look, this is a very tight race. Barcelona only has a two-point lead on Real Madrid. What have you seen of La Liga this year? Have you bet on it a lot? Have you really um, put any futures on it, uh, considering how tight the race is? Has DFS been kind to you? So uh, what has your overall sense and and, uh, view of the league been so far? Yeah, uh, La Liga is pretty great because what we find is, you know, outside of Barcelona, Real Madrid, and uh, I mean, really actually just those two teams since Atletico Madrid has really taken a step back is there's a lot of 
there's a lot of parity in this league in the sense that, uh, you know, for betting, uh, you know, the team that is 17th in the table can take a point off of the team that is 7th in the table. And for DFS purposes, you know, Espanol, which is sitting now in 20th dead bottom in the league, can still, you know, get up the field, score some goals, put some shots up, uh, you know, against Getafe, which is number, which is uh, fifth in the league. So, I actually, I actually really like uh, La Liga. It's it's more open football, a little bit more expansive. Uh, they don't cross as much, you know, which we really like on DraftKings for the way that their scoring works. But a pretty offensive league, like you know, not obviously not as offensive, not as open as uh, as Ligue in France, but. You know, I would I would say it's a more expansive game than the European game. I would definitely say it's more expansive than Italian football, which is, you know, generally going to be pretty defensive, going to be, you know, very focused on uh, trying to keep clean sheets. Uh, a lot of crosses in Italian football, though, which we which we like for fantasy purposes. But I, I think it's a good league. Um, what you'll also find is that a lot of guys who wash out in the Premier League, uh, you'll you'll find them sitting on the bottom of rosters in in uh, in Spain. You know, you'll find Santi Cazorla sitting there. You know, uh, he he uh, he'll be sitting there as the as the defensive midfielder for Villarreal, which which I always think is uh, which I always think is kind of fun. Like it's always fun to see guys who were really good eight years ago. You know, still plying their trade somewhere. Yeah, I mean that that's the beauty of the sport too, because so many different leagues can prolong certain careers. It's kind of, it's kind of almost like baseball sometimes, just other teams picking up guys and they put them in a role that fits their team. You know, Bartolo Colon can can pitch forever. I know he he wants to come back again, but yeah, they like you said, Santi Corzola obviously played for Arsenal, who is owned by who again? Stan Kroenke, by the way, for all you other NFL fans out there. Uh, fun fact for that. But yeah, look, La Liga is known for having some of the best goal scorers in the world. Atletico Madrid, as you mentioned, was probably one of the most disappointing teams. I had a future bet for them because they were at plus 1,200 to win La Liga. But it turns out there was too much roster turnover for them, and Diego Simeone couldn't really get them going. But they did knock out Liverpool in the Champions League as a day of uh, March 11th, I believe it was, where everything started getting canceled a couple days later. So they got that in right there. But yeah, you mentioned, so for DFS, you mentioned there's not a lot of crosses and, and stuff that you would like like that. How, how would you really approach defenders? Because I know you mentioned just getting crosses in and the goal scoring offensive side of things. So for defenders, what what are you kind of looking for in, in some La Liga defenders, if you can? So uh, there actually are a couple guys who play in La Liga who are responsible for corner kicks for their team. Uh, and, and whenever you find... Uh, whenever you know, whenever you find a defender who is going to be responsible for corner kicks, uh, you know that's gonna that's definitely going to be a guy that you are uh, that you are interested in rostering for you know for fantasy purposes. So that's that's uh, you know kind of the first thing you would look at. Uh, Alex Vidal is a defender who plays for Deportivo Alaves, who would be one of those guys. Uh, Jesus Navas, someone that people might remember from his days at Manchester City, he actually now plays right wing back for Sevilla. They play a three the back you know uh left wing back right wing back system so uh we actually we actually have a nickname for uh jesus navas in the fantasy circle which is crossing jesus because that guy in his life has never cared about scoring goals all he's ever wanted to do is uh is put crosses into the box so you know he still does that uh kevin rodriguez for leganez is uh is another one he's very solid and actually here uh we we keep finding you know we keep finding the premier league rejects here kieran trippier got to be one of the weirdest trans ever but uh plays right back 
for Atletico Madrid. He takes pretty much all of their corner kicks uh, when he's on the field. And their their whole offense now sort of revolves around cycling the ball out to him on the right and uh, letting him pump balls in the box to uh, Alvaro Morata. Uh, I guess theoretically Jao Felix if he wasn't injured and uh, and Diego Costa. So, you know, that those are kind of the archetypal guys that we're looking for at defender in DFS. Uh, I also think that in leagues like La Liga and Bundesliga where, you know, you are going to have real clear goal scorers at the tops, you know, if Barcelona is in a slate, if Bayern Munich is in a slate, I don't think it's that bad to use center backs, like really cheap center backs at defense, just so that you can pay all the way up for Lionel Messi, Robert Lewandowski, Jao Felix, you know, the the true studs at the position. I think all of that, I think all of that's uh, acceptable. Say you want a kind of more diverse sort of lineup. You'd like to have your midfield almost equally as strong as your attack, and then you kind of spend bigger on a Sergio Ramos because we know how many goals he scores. He takes penalties for Real Madrid a good amount of the time. Is he someone that you would be eyeing when the league comes back as someone to start? Or you kind of stay away from guys who kind of get expensive? Because at the end of the day, although he can give you goals, he can score penalty kicks, he can also get you a red card and a yellow card because he's so volatile and, and dangerous a lot of the time. Yeah, so Sergio Ramos actually is a great example of, uh, you know, when we're when we're looking at some of these slates and, you know, uh, let's say Kieran Trippier is not on the slate, Jesus Navas not on the slate, and we're, we're really looking to try and find some upside at defense. Ramos is actually a great guy to gamble on, especially when Madrid is just going to be a huge favorite. You know, Madrid, uh, you know, playing against Deportivo Alaves or Madrid playing against Leganes, you know, one of these teams that we think uh, certainly, you know, just they really can't compete. You know, they just do not have the same financial resources as Real Madrid. Ramos is a guy that we love to play because he is not only does he take uh, penalty kicks now that uh, Cristiano Ronaldo is gone from Madrid, but he also is like their primary target on set pieces. You know, when when uh, Madrid gets a, a dangerous free kick, you know, right outside the area, pretty much they're always aiming at Ramos, uh, especially when uh, when Kareem Benzema is uh, is not on the field. So Ramos is a guy, you know, over the course of a year, like it really would not be surprising for Ramos to outscore a lot of strikers from other teams in La Liga. Yeah, he is. He's probably at this rate going to be the greatest scoring defensive player of all time, especially for a center back. It's just so insane. His only crutch is that he will have the boneheaded play and get a yellow or a red card for something completely unnecessary. So it could throw a wrench in your uh, whole lineup there. But we want to move over to the Premier League now. In the Premier League, we know for a fact that they want to come back. It's if if there was any a question of any of these other leagues potentially coming back. You really wouldn't worry about them that much. You would kind of be on the fence about it. Premier League, I had no doubts that they want to get this thing over with because we know Liverpool fans will riot if their team does not win the title because they haven't won the modern-day Premier League title. They do have 18 league titles, but that was prior to the current one where we see Chelsea and Manchester United, even Arsenal getting more league titles than Liverpool has. They're the clear-cut winners in this. This is really about TV money placement for the Champions League, going to Europa League, relegation, because we know that the TV numbers and, and money for this league are just unparalleled to probably any other sport, uh, any other league in this sport. And Davis, who, who are you really eyeing when this league comes back to, you know, just bet on in general and then, you know, kind of bet on in, in DFS and plug some guys into the lineup? Because for me, Chelsea was one of those teams that, I had a hard time betting on in terms of the league, but they would surprise you because a lot of people really didn't see them getting into the Champions League. They had that transfer ban. 
Um, they had Frank Lampard coming in as a first-year manager. There was a lot of pressure for him at a job like that. They got our boy Christian Pulisic in there in, in the squad. It's very young team. Is that a team that you might be eyeing for? Because we saw how some players have struggled a little bit uh, on the younger side because of you know the lack of exhibition and all the other stuff that we talked about earlier. So there's a, there's one team that I really want to see get themselves out of trouble, and that is Norwich City. Um, they are, I think, you know, one of the best teams we've ever seen in terms of like relegation fodder teams. Uh, and I, I just think they I think they are a lot better than uh, than their record would indicate. So what I would really like to see is I'd like to see them get all three points against Brighton, which is going to be likely their first game back and all three points against Watford. And if they are able to get uh, six points coming out of those games, uh, there is definitely a decent chance that they are going to be either out of relegation or close to out of relegation. The teams that I want to see go down are Watford, West Ham, and uh, and I mean, unfortunately, it's probably going to be Bournemouth. I don't want Bournemouth to go down, but they probably will because their their defense has been so bad this year. They've allowed forty seven goals. Um, you know, they just they really have they really have had no defensive solidity. And I really like Eddie Howe, and I like what he tries to do in terms of playing expansive football without uh, you know without a a big budget or anything like that. But uh, it, it, it might it might be best for Eddie Howe. It might be best for the club to see him go, you know, a different direction. I, I would think that he would try and stay in the Premier League if uh, if Bournemouth goes down. But the team I really want is I, I really do believe that uh, that Norwich City has the capability to uh, to stay up. Yeah. So we have a minute or so here. A team that really probably has caught your eye earlier in the, in the season for sure was probably great value defensively was Sheffield United. So Sheffield yeah. United, we know they're they're in a chance for a Europa League spot if they keep it up and play well. They just have uh, trouble scoring a good amount of the time. But prices, do you expect them to be spiked higher because we've seen plenty enough from them this season that they're not going to be as priced as well as they were earlier in the year because they were one of the newly promoted sides and then we thought it was going to be Norwich City making all the noise because of their offensive prowess. But now we have Sheffield United. Defensive organization is just absolutely unbelievable for a newly promoted side. I mean, I, I think the most hilarious timeline that could come out <laughs> of this season would be Sheffield United topping Manchester United and getting the Europa League spot. Just Sheffield United being in the Europa League next season would be uh, it would be about as hilarious as when whole city randomly qualified for it. Yeah, I mean, look, it's it's so bizarre, and, and this is why everyone preaches to watch the Premier League, because there's so much parody in it. it it's kind of more like Major League Baseball or even the NFL, where there's a lot of interchangeable teams that make playoffs, don't make playoffs. This is kind of Europa League and Champions League is, quote-unquote, like kind of similar in, in ways to what their playoffs are. It's just extra competition, more incentive, and more money for that. So we're so excited for these two leagues to potentially return in the coming months and weeks. But when we come back, we're going to be talking about some of the league games for Bundesliga. DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build an optimized lineup for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com.
Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Free Kick. Martino Puccio, Davis Maddock here with you. We're try- chatting more Bundesliga. We know the fourth match day since the league has returned is starting up this weekend. We're not going to be really able to talk about some of the results that happened, uh, but we are going to get into some of the top weekend matchups on Saturday in Davis. This isn't the greatest slate in the world in, in terms of, you know, just even watchability and, and, and gambling. The money lines really aren't going to be worth it, in my opinion, this week. Uh, so, I mean, just look through some of these matchups here. To me, one that really just catches my eye in terms of just watchability might be Mönchengladbach and Berlin. Bayern is always a great watch simply just because I love watching Alfonso Davies, dominant Canadian, only at 19. He's just so unbelievable. It's great to see a talent from North America dominate at such a young age i mean leipzig and clone on on monday at 230 is interesting as well because i love watching leipzig just because of the amount of volume of shots that they get off all the time timo Werner is a name to watch in the transfer market for this upcoming summer he's been linked to liverpool juventus now inter milan a lot of these top teams because he's so sought after doesn't look like he's going to bayern like a lot of the top talents do in bundesliga but is there a match specifically that has caught your eye or or, or a simple you know side of a side of a bet are you looking at a spread anywhere a money line um team totals game totals uh what has caught your eye so far well there actually is a pretty big game for the relegation fight which uh which continues to spin in germany and that's going to be the schalke and Werder bremen game so Werder bremen is historically like a pretty big team inside of Germany. They are not a team that is used to finding themselves in the relegation zone, but they have what has to be just one of the worst defenses that has ever taken the field um, for for like in the entire history of of the team. They have shipped 59 goals in 27 games. They've scored only 29 goals. They have lost 15 games, won only five games all season. Uh, so they are behind, you know, historical second, third division teams, Fortuna Dusseldorf, uh, Mainz 05, uh, the, the Miners, they are historically a yo-yo team. They go up, they go down. Um, so I think that this match against Schalke, they are they are on the road. But again, we've seen that that's, that really does not matter early on. You know, basically it's been, there's been no discernible difference between playing home or away. Um, I actually read an article yesterday that said of the possible projected points available to be won by home teams they've won uh, home teams have only won 40 percent of the available points so it, it i'm not i'm basically not considering home or away for this stuff at all i'm basically just imagining they're they're playing these games on uh you know empty playing grounds so i actually uh i actually do like Werder bremen's side here plus 180 because again if you if you look they're not like the worst team in the world. Like they have, they have some quality players, uh, you know, on, on the roster. And uh, I, the defense is bad, and the defense is not going to get good. But you know, Milo Rashica is uh, a really talented young winger who is, uh, you know, basically getting more and more freedom on offense for them. I think he's really good. I think since they've returned back from break, they've missed the presence of Nuri Sahin. And I don't know if Nuri uh, is out because of coronavirus stuff. I don't know if he has muscle problems, but he's like, uh, he's a, a former player at Borussia Dortmund. You know, he, Nuri Sahin has won the Champions League. You know, he started a Champions League final at at DM and, and won that game. So like he is a, a nice 
calming presence out there for them. And uh, if he's in the lineup, I would I would like their side even more. But I, I definitely do like Werder Bremen to win this game outright uh, at plus 180 against Schalke because, as you and I talked about, uh, Schalke's terrible. Yeah, and, and it's funny you mentioned on how many goals that Bremen has allowed this season. It's going to be really hard to see Schalke even, like, get one in the back of the net because, you know, I was on them a little bit. I'm like, okay, maybe they regrouped after this break. Maybe they can get something going coming into this. Been on them twice, and they, and they burnt me. And now, you know, I just, I you know, have to be disciplined at some point in, in the season because then you're just going to start losing money, right? And you just keep on trying to force a team to, you know, think that they're going to turn it around at some point. And Schalke is just not one of those teams. And I agree with you where you're coming from with the value here on Berman and, and Bremen, sorry, that, look, Schalke is just horrific. And, and at the end of the day, I don't really see them scoring a lot. I would actually be inclined to bet the under for a team total. Whatever the line is, even if it's half a goal, like I will probably go under with that just because they've been that bad. And it's not even something that I see turning around at all because their morale looks absolutely as low as any team could look at this point. And that's only three match days coming into this. And they're not even in the worst spot in the standings as well. So I just hate the vibe coming from them. And I do think there is some value there. Um, any other matches that you kind of want to look forward to? Because we do have a tight race for the fourth spot in the Champions League. Yeah, I also think that the um, Borussia Mönchengladbach Union Berlin game might get uh, might get pretty tight for supporters of uh, Mönchengladbach because they are the huge beneficiary of that Bayer Leverkusen no-show that we just saw last week um, against Wolfsburg. So Leverkusen, as a result of that no-show, they moved out of the Champions League spots in Germany. So they are now sitting at fifth, losing on goal differential to Borussia Mönchengladbach, who now are getting uh, a great matchup against Union Berlin, who basically have nothing to play for. So Union Berlin, uh, a newly promoted team this year, but they are beating Eintracht Frankfurt on uh, goal differential. They're beating Mainz on goal differential. So really not a ton of threat of Union Berlin going down there. They're kind of just here to uh, they're just here to be happy. Right They're They're glad they're glad to be here. Borussia Mönchengladbach, on the other hand, not only are they going to be really, really incentivized to win this game, obviously, to stay in the Champions League spots, but because it might be close enough that it comes down to goal differential between them and Bayer Leverkusen. I got to imagine that every game on Munch and Gladback's schedule where they are clear favorites, they are going to be trying to score three, four, five goals in all of these games to get some breathing distance between themselves and Leverkusen. So I think that is a a sneakily good game between Munch and Gladback and uh, Union Berlin. Yeah, I, I agree with that as well. I was a little disappointed in Union Berlin's display against Hertha last week. I thought they would have done a, a much better job in a derby game like that. It was a, it's, it's a real pride thing when they when they play these derbies, but the couple of derbies that we've seen between Schalke and Dortmund and then uh, the Berlin derby, it didn't go too well uh, for, for the smaller clubs in those because Hertha absolutely throttled them, and then we saw what Dortmund did to Schalke, and that's kind of why we were talking about Schalke so poorly. But Mönchengladbach, yeah, man. I mean, look, they really need to step up here. They're fortunate enough to be ahead in terms of the goal differential at the moment. I was really disappointed in them. I, I had their over on their team goals last game, uh, over one and a half, and they really weren't getting anything going. They had a decent amount of chances, and, and for for those of you that don't know, there is a massive difference between shots and shots on goal. Shots on goal are really the epitome of a good, open, clean look in basketball, kind of like a higher percentage shot, you know, on the block or a nice mid-range floater of sorts, kind of something like that. Um, 
you know, because sometimes it, it could vary. You know, a shot on target can be some guy taking a shot from 30 yards out, and it's not even relatively close to the goal. And and that's something I think that people should really pay attention to uh, when this is a new language for them, right? Because when you think of just shots, you just automatically kind of assume it's something positive, when in reality it can be very misleading at times. So I, I would I don't know if I would bet their money line at minus 190. That might be a little too high for me, especially after seeing what we saw from them. And, and it's another game that, you know, it's, it's not that long of a break, right? We saw them play on a Wednesday, and, and now all of a sudden they're playing three to four days later, and it's a fourth match day. Although there isn't that many games left, we hope they use their five subs smartly. Because I haven't really seen a lot of clubs and, and teams use their five substitutes to their advantage whether or not right. all their guys aren't healthy enough you kind of sit there wondering why are we risking a lot of these guys picking up muscular injuries that they'll be out for the rest of the season like a marco royce for example i know he might be a bad example because he's always hurt but at the end of the day they have to put their best foot forward here and, and play this smartly so i don't know do you see some value potentially on, on a draw here i'm seeing plus 325 for this game or are you really kind of just locked in on Gladbach to win this matchup. If you don't have a you don't have a real strong you don't have a real strong lean, uh bet the draws because you know the draw is never gonna be you know the draw is never gonna be you know minus one hundred or whatever. It's you're pretty much always gonna be getting two and a half to one or better. And uh you know obviously we are all really liking to bet games right now and uh if you're if you're wanting to watch a game you're wanting a sweat I, I think just betting draws in general uh, is it's probably more profitable than betting teams uh, outright at like like for example um, Hertha Berlin versus Augsburg Hertha Berlin's minus 109 uh, Augsburg's plus 293 in that game I would for sure I would just rather bet the draw 100 percent yeah yeah that's kind of what I did with uh, Borussia Dortmund and Bayern Munich I, I I figured Bayern would win the matchup simply because they were an older more experienced team and they're used to kind of this condensed schedule where the youngsters on Dortmund aren't really that used to it, and you kind of saw them get tired towards the end of the game, as well as some of the Bayern players. But at the end of the day, a deeper team is going to pull out there. But something I love that FanDuel offers to everybody is the result and both teams to score. And yeah. I really think you can find a lot of value in that. And Munching Gladbach here, for both teams to score in this and for them to get the result is plus 195. And, and even then, like you said, if you don't have a strong read on a game, like a lot of people don't sometimes, to get the result uh, and both teams to score on a draw is plus 440 in this matchup. And, and even then, you know, like, look, if you see a 1-1 draw, I don't see Union Berlin scoring more than a goal at most in this matchup. I would be kind of surprised by that because I think Gladbach is really going to channel in and focus a lot more because they know they got lucky this past week after what happened with Leverkusen. I think there is going to be a scenario in which they do that. And as you mentioned, again, with Union Berlin, they don't have a lot to play for right now. It's really just about not dropping a lot of points against teams that they shouldn't drop points against, right? So in a game against Gladbach, you know, they kind of expect to, you know, at, at best get a draw in this scenario. So for me, that's kind of where I see value there. You know, over under three and a half goals. Over three and a half at plus 172. Is that something you, you might entice here? Or are you you're more inclined to get the under? Because the under is actually minus 215. So there, there is some disparity between the two. Uh, I'm not betting. I'm not betting any unders right now <laughs> at all. Um, I There were kind of, I thought, two ways things would go when soccer came back. And I was like, okay, either the offenses are going to be 
way scattered. You know, they haven't practiced. They haven't been, you know, working their triangles and stuff with one another. Like they just, they're, they're not going to be ready. And that's not what's happened at all. Defenses have been lost, especially, especially defenses that weren't that good to begin with. Like we are pretty routinely seeing teams ship three, four five goals and, and uh, also goals back to back. This has been a very weird phenomenon, but I've noticed that uh, in, in the second half of games, once, uh, once a goal gets shipped, uh, we've now seen like three or four times where immediately the team has conceded another goal because they push up the field way too hard. You know, against Hertha. Yeah, yeah, it's it's crazy. Like it seems like when they when a team gives up a goal, they immediately try and go get it back, and they push everyone up too far, and they just get hit on the counter super fast. Uh, Leipzig against Mainz, this happened where every time Mainz would try and attack, basically, you know, they just their passing triangles weren't clean enough, and they would get uh, they would get intercepted in the midfield, and then you know the ball would go into to Werner or Sabitzer, and it would be it would be finished. So I actually I actually am liking the overs in these. Bundesliga games, you know, pretty much unilaterally. DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build an optimized lineup for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com. All right, welcome back to the final segment of the Free Kick. Martino Puccio, Davis Maddock with you here. It's been a lot of fun discussing all things soccer with you, Davis. Obviously, you have some of the best insight in the world on DFS. Uh, not only you know for football, basketball, baseball, whatever you name it, you're pretty versatile now because you're doing so well um, in terms of soccer betting here. Um, look, we wanted to really touch on one more game, or well, I did specifically for one more game before we head over to some of the DFS lineups for this coming week in Bundesliga. RB Leipzig is a money line favorite right now. I know I just was discussing that. I want to stay a little bit away from money lines, but RB Leipzig against Cologne, minus 180 on the money line. It might move a little bit after this just because it seems a little ridiculous and everybody would probably be betting on them, especially when you see the one at the start of that number there for a team like this. RB Leipzig has a real chance, as we discussed earlier, to overtake Dortmund for the second spot in the league. And as I mentioned, it's a very important thing in terms of your seeding and your pot for the Champions League next year because they're going to be selling off some players. Timo Werner is one of those guys that might be on the move there. Sabitzer is another guy that will be sought after by a lot of top European teams. Upa Kamenko, who was their center back as well. It's just really been a hotbed of, of Red Bull soccer, and it's pretty insane because Ralf Rangnick, who might be heading over to Italy, is the main scout in this, has found guys like Erling Holland, Roberto Firmino, Sadio Mane, from all sights and sounds of, of Red Bull sports, and he's finding these guys everywhere. And there's just so many guys that really develop in their system. They buy into the system as well, kind of like Barcelona's, where they groom their guys from a young age and they buy in. And there's a lot of volume in terms of shots getting off with Leipzig. And we saw in one of their first games where a lot of betters got angry because they weren't able to put a lot of goals in the back of the net here. But for me, I love this as probably the best money line favorite in this one, especially when you can get the value of minus 180. Clone, as we've discussed, they're really bad. 
and <laughs> Leipzig has more to play for in this scenario, in my opinion. And, and I really do see them coming through here with a win. I, I don't know what your thoughts are on this matchup. Yeah, I like that one. So Cologne is, uh, they are, they're just a mess, right? They, so they get, they get the red card um, against Hoffenheim this week. Uh, you know, not, not great at all. They, uh, they let Fortuna Dusseldorf get up to a 2-0 win. Mark Uth misses a penalty two games in a row. Uh, their first game back against Mainz. You know, Mainz is a terrible team. Lost 5-0 to Leipzig. They, uh, they're not able to put Mainz away in this game either. Like, it just, it seems like they are a team that is super disorganized, both defensively and offensively. Like, I don't think, I don't see them having, like, a real clear identity. Um, I don't think they have, you know, very good defensive players, and I think that's part of a problem. They also seem to have like a weird power dynamic between Florian Kynes, who like refuses to track back on defense and Mark Uth, who also refuses to track back on defense. Both of those guys play like the attacking midfield position and they fight over corner kicks and they fight over penalty kicks. Like it's it, FC Cologne is a is a weird, weird soccer team. So I, I'm in on uh, Leipzig as a, as a money line favorite here. And then I think a more important thing, too, is as we were discussing rest real quick, is that Leipzig is getting a good amount of rest because this game is going to be taking place on a Monday rather than a Saturday, a Sunday, or even a Friday game. So we saw them play on Wednesday, but the fact that they're going to get a little bit more extra rest, I'm more inclined to go with them. They're the deeper team in this as well. Um, hell, even if you want to take the spread in this, it's not even that big of a deal in this. As of right now, I'm only seeing one. I could definitely see this being a scenario in which Leipzig can pull away a 2 nothing, 3 nothing kind of game um, in this scenario. So I really do like them in terms of that. But we want to head over to the DFS slate because we know that's your bread and butter in all of this. DFS, look, I mean, sometimes it can be very difficult, especially during these times, to get a read on stuff. But what have you been looking at? I know you already have a lineup uh, of sorts in mind right now, so why don't you tell us what it is? So I think the most interesting thing about the Bundesliga is more so than literally any other league. Uh, this is like a super cross-heavy league. Like there are, and and so for those of you guys who don't know, if you haven't played on DraftKings before, um, like just finding guys who cross the ball a ton that's like the, that really is the name of the game obviously goals and assists and all that it, it's great and you need those things to win tournaments but if you're not finding the players that are you know pump, putting in you know eight plus crosses uh assisting some shots and stuff like that in a match uh you know your your lineups are going to be in a tough spot so like what is interesting about the Bundesliga is pretty much every team has like one or two guys who are like the dedicated corner kick and free kick takers in it. What we've seen more and more over the last few years in the EPL is teams are splitting sides, right? So they'll have one guy take on the left, one guy take on the right. And there are a lot of defensive reasons for that. My like working hypothesis for why it's different is just that, um, teams are a little bit more used to defending as a team and not as regimented. So like uh, in the Bundesliga, your, uh, your, your left winger might be able to track back like pretty efficiently and play defense on the counter. Whereas in, uh, in the EPL, you know, we love, we love Kevin De Bruyne, right? But he's not, he's not tracking back and putting in a ton of tackles. We love, we love, uh, uh, uh let's see who do we got. William, right? So William for Chelsea, we, we love William, but 
he's not tracking the opposing winger all the way back and, and putting in tackles at his own 18-yard box. So it makes a little bit more sense for those things to be regimented in the EPL. In the Bundesliga, you can pretty much look at every team and go, this is the dude taking the sets. He's putting the ball in the box, and he is going to rack up those points. So for Werder Bremen, Milo Rashica. For Schalke, it is a combination of Bastian, Ospica, and Daniel Caligiuri. For Wolfsburg, it's like 100% Maximilian Arnold. Eintracht Frankfurt... Philip Kostic for Eintracht Frankfurt is like the best DFS player ever. This guy crosses like 15 times a game. He takes all their free kicks. He takes some of their penalty kicks. Uh, he crosses from open play. He shoots. If you've never got to watch Philip Kostic play, the guy is uh, is an absolute madman for fantasy. And you can pretty much go down the line and you can be like, oh, yeah, this is the guy for that team. And uh, I found that interesting for daily fantasy because it means that you pretty much know who the best plays are going to be, where it's gotten a little bit. Because, like, I don't know every player that plays in the Bundesliga. I don't know all of their skill sets. Whereas, like, in, in the EPL, I can pretty much be like, oh, uh, yeah, I know what that guy's job is. I know I know what the, the 14th guy on Liverpool's strengths and weaknesses are just because I've watched the league for so long. So what's kind of been frustrating with, with uh, the German league is just, like, who are, who are the good cheap plays? You know, who are the midfielders who, you know, kind of like to shoot a little bit more, who get in the ball for, who get in the box for crosses and stuff and can rack up shots. Like finding out that latent information for, uh, for the German league has just been uh, a little bit difficult, but also, you know, kind of fun to track down. Yeah. I mean, would you equate a lot of the difficulty for it just simply because of these times that we're in right now? And, and, and it's a little difficult to gauge on, who's really going to have a hot hand in some of these matches? Because we, you mentioned like home teams aren't playing that well. Um, certain players that you would think would have better performances just really don't show up. Like I'm sure Kai Havertz was a disaster for a lot of people in their lineups this past week. Yeah, so Kai Havertz, really interesting because he is uh, sort of by trade. He's like a number 10 winger attacking midfielder. You know, if we, if we want to compare him to... Uh, well, kind of like, uh, you know, in, in uh, Italy in the 80s and 90s, he would have played number 10, right? So he would have been like Gianfranco Zola, um, uh, Roberto Baggio. But in the way that soccer works now, you kind of want your forward doing a little bit more. You want him to be able to move in the channels. You want him to be able to interchange with the wingers. And Kai Verts is really good at that. But that means that he's listed at midfielder on DraftKings instead of forward. And those midfield spots you really want to be using on guys who, you know, take penalty kicks, take corner kicks. You know, they're they're pretty much getting uh, 12, 13, 14 points every single game, even without a goal. Well, Kyle Burtz without a goal is really only going to get two, three, four points. You know, he just he's not going to get because it is it's all related to, you know, how much he is able to score. And he is a great goal scorer. He's actually much better than I think a lot of people predicted him to be. But uh, I, I, I have yet to play Kyle Burtz in uh, any of my lineups just because I, I think the floor on his performance is really going to be uh, overall, overall, you know, kind of just uh, too low because he he. All he does is, you know, score. That's and, and he's not going <laughs> to score every game. It's it's un, it's unrealistic yeah. to expect every someone to score every game. Yeah. So, what do you what would you consider one of the easier positions to, to you know, start your lineup with? Are the fullbacks a little bit easier because there's a lot of great fullbacks in this league that that have a lot of great volume uh, in terms of crosses and, and getting shots off inside the box, even having opportunities to score. I mean, we saw it in Dortmund and, and Bayern, those two teams probably have the best set of pullbacks in the league. And, 
Is, is that something that's a little bit easier to find of, you know, would you equate it to kind of point guards in the NBA? There's just so many great point guards that you could find value in a lot of places. Yeah, I think that the fullbacks at play who are who are the really, really good fullbacks in uh, the Bundesliga, those are the starting points. So that's going to be like Christian Gunter and Joshua Kimmich. When those guys are in a slate, you're, you're pretty much you're clicking the button on them and then you're moving on. And then I think that you would actually move to forward next and you would find the guys who are eligible at forward who are sometimes they're midfield and forward eligible so uh kai proger uh for paderborn is going to be one of them uh mark uth for cologne that we just mentioned is another one where these guys you know they take penalty kicks they take corner kicks they're pretty much getting at minimum they're get, like their worst possible game they're getting you like nine points but you know they can get 20 points without even scoring a goal uh then i would move on to there uh the last position definitely is going to be goalie you just you just take whoever fits a goalie so the way that no one has found out the proper way to score goalkeeper scoring in fantasy because uh the what you'll find is the really expensive goalkeepers are either going to get uh, the win and the clean sheet and like no saves so that's a, that's a fine performance but it's not a ceiling performance but then on the other hand, you'll find the like underdog goalkeeper. So example, the Union Berlin goalkeeper against Bayern Munich, you know, he might let up five goals, but he also might get 10 saves, right? So he might actually outscore Manuel Neuer because he is just going to have more opportunities to generate points. And so, so pretty much always you just want to go with a cheap goalkeeper. Gotcha. So like even for example this week, Cologne. I know we said they're absolutely terrible, but Leipzig. We we were discussing. We think it's gonna. They're gonna be able to throttle them. Do you see a scenario in which they're going to, like you know, pepper a lot of shots on him, and that he might be a play, even though it could potentially be upwards of three to four goals. Yeah, I think your your normal strategy is going to be. Uh, an underdog, an underdog home goalkeeper is uh, is really going to be the the guy that you want. So you know, if we were able to get, uh, let's uh, let's take a look at some of these uh, betting odds. So we have, uh, it, it looks like uh, Schalke. Uh, so um, their their goalkeeper is is pretty likely to be, uh, you know, a, a slight home underdog. I think we would look at that direction. Uh, the Hoffenheim goalkeeper on the road against Mainz, but that's going to be another good direction to go in uh, for for that slate. So overall, what you actually probably want is uh, you you are you are going to be wanting guys who uh, are just facing a ton of shots, right? You just yeah. you just want guys who are going to face shots. All right, really quick, do you have a lineup in mind that you want to get out for everybody? Uh, no, nothing yet, nothing yet. But okay. we will uh, we will keep working <laughs> on it throughout the course of the week. All right, everybody will just monitor your Twitter for uh, no problem. So, league you're most excited to come back real quick before we get out of here. Is it La Liga, Premier League, or Serie A? Which one? Got to be got to be EPL. Got to I I really want to see fair. Klopp and uh, and the boys raise the trophy. That uh, that is going to be a great moment, I think. dailyrodo.com Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build an optimized lineup for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com.